Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Rangers Journal podcast, brought to you in association with Mano and Inverclyde. My guests are all backstage just now because I'm putting a wee shout out to Mr. Ewan Cameron. Mr. Ewan Cameron says at the weekend that that's not my that's not my heart ruling my head. That's my head telling the heart. And then he says, if we win today, we are in the title race. So, Mr. Ewan Cameron, I formally invite you onto the Rangers Journal podcast to come on and have a wee laugh about your comments in the match on Saturday. Thanks, everyone. Anyway, <laughs> welcome, gents. Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Scotty. I'm good. Fight and talk from you to kick things off. Love to see you. He's <laughs> a good laugh. I'm taking the right spirit. I'm sure he will. But yeah, all good, mate. How are you keeping? I know bad at all. No bad at all. Yeah, Tomo, first ever podcast. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Scotty. Um, happy to be here. Yeah, good evening. Good stuff, Billy. Nice to see you again, mate. How are you doing? Uh, you too, mate. I'm, 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 I'm not feeling the best. What are you talking about? I'm feeling amazing. This is the best time we've <laughs> had in ages. <laughs> right, so we'll get into it. We'll get straight into it. We'll speak about the lineup first. And we lined up with Butland in goal, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, John Suter, Ridvan Yilmaz. Then we had a midfield combination of Mohamed Diamande, John Lundstrom and Tom Lawrence. On the wings, if you want to say it was a wing, you'd do John Sterling and Oscar Cortez, followed by Cyril Dessers up front. Ross, I'll come to you first, mate. What stands out to you about that lineup? Um, probably the shortest park, uh, shortest player on the pitch, I'd say, uh, Ridvan Yilmaz. Um, we've been crying out for it on the last few pods, and I think I called out on the last one and said, Cortez plays far better with Yilmaz than he does with Barisic because Barisic tends to turn inside, Barisic tends to turn back, he's a lot more negative with his passing. Um, I was listening to a pod earlier on actually, and it was really interesting about saying how the kind of winger now, inverted winger has got the option of going down the line backwards or cutting inside and making that inverted run. And I think that's where Yilmaz really sets himself apart. So I was delighted to see him uh, in the starting lineup for sure. And well, I'm sure we'll come on to him, but he had an absolutely sensational game. For me, his best in a Rangers shirt by far. I definitely, definitely, mate. Tomo, um, were you surprised that he sent a half pairing and most importantly, the, the midfield combo we saw? No, I think... Uh... Goldson's always going to play, um, and I think Suter, as I've said to you boys, he, he's been coming on to a game. Um, he's getting a good run of games, and that's what Suter needs. You know, no injuries, and he, he's getting a bit of a run of form. And then in midfield, as I say, I think that sort of picked itself with the way Diamandi played last week and the way Lundstrom's been playing. Um, I couldn't see maybe maybe Sterling coming in there, possibly to give a bit more athleticism. Bit more pace and power, but he he was out on the right and done fantastic out there. So I don't think there was any huge surprises there, to be honest. Um, centre midfielder, centre back. Aye, aye, tend to agree with that, mate. Tend to agree with that. Um, Billy, me and you were on Wednesday night at the the about the, the match reaction pod. Saturday night. Saturday night. Aye, my apologies, my dates <laughs> are all mixed up. You think I've been on a night shift? So. What was your thoughts on Cortez and Sterling starting on the wings? Uh, I, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, I don't want to bury the lead, but I think that's what I've got from my predicted team in the in the next game against Kilmarnock. Um, I <clears throat> made a few points on um, Barisic not being my favourite player, and 
I would be happy for him to play second fiddle at the moment. I think Yilmaz offers us far more. He's such a good player and I'm, I'm glad we're getting to see it now because you've seen glimpses of it and he's stopped start with his injuries or whatever. And uh, But now he's getting a run in the team and I would keep him there. I don't think we need to really be swapping out him uh, at all. Um, and Cortez is doing well. Um, looking back on the game, I think at the reaction point, I didn't see... I didn't think he'd done that much other than the goal, but it certainly wasn't as... It's not as simple as that, actually. They're, they're working really well together on that win. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Right, Ross, I'll come back to you. This is Rangers' average player positions from, I think it was the first half hour, where when Gary Mulraney put it in, so we need to credit him for the work, obviously. Is there anything in particular that tells you about our first half performance? Yeah, look, I think this is really different to the one that we saw in the previous game when uh, I think it was Silva who'd started um, initially up top against St. Johnson away. So clearly you can see there's absolutely loads of width there. I mean, it tells a story that the game was mainly played in the final third, the midfield and final third. So clearly that's where we wanted to be. And I think the way that we got off in the scoring within the first five minutes um, really teed up the rest of that half. I think we'll all probably agree that that's one of the best halves of football we've seen and just play in a hell of a long time. Um, and from those positions, you can see there that we seem to be comfortable at the back. Whilst it doesn't probably paint the picture of Ridvan getting up as much, you can see that Tavernier certainly has been bombing down that wing and provided good support with Dessas um, leaning in on that right-hand side. Um, yeah, look, it was a really impressive first half. Um, I think that's, for me anyway, the best I've seen us play all season. Um, completely relentless. The game was done by, you know, 25, 30 minutes in. It was a real joy to watch. Aye, aye, definitely. I thought that was probably the best half of football I've seen for Rangers all season. In fact, the full 90 minutes was amazing, but the first half, we just came in completely blew them out of the water. And Tomo, when we looked at the average player positions against um, St. Johnston, it, it looked a wee bit more narrow. Um, Scott Wright talking in, James Tavernier was kind of high up on the right-hand side. Um, what, what's your take on it, first of all, kind of overall? as what, what, what do you see when you look at it? Yeah, I mean, it's, I'd say, starting defensively, I think the way Goldson and Suter, Goldson's dropping a little bit further back. We've been caught out a few times this season with that ball over the top where the both of them are really square. So seeing sort of Suter being a little bit further forward with Goldson covering's interesting. Um, Cortez, as I've said to you boys, he looks like he's wanting to get forward and get involved in the attacks. And I think he will he will contribute a number of goals. Um but the midfield the, I'd say the midfield four, and you can include Cortez in this as well, was really fluid moving between them. I know Sterling was out on the right, but at times Diamande was out there, Sterling pushed inside. Um mm. the, the the constant was mainly like Lundstrom sort of sitting in the middle. But I think it shows a good sort of fluidity between the players and, and, and what we're doing. Um, they're all comfortable covering each other's positions. So, Tomo, just on that, uh, there was a couple of times in that first half when I saw um, Diamande going beyond Lawrence into almost that 10 position and Lawrence dropping back slightly. Um, do you think that's something that they've probably worked on in terms of, you know, you go, I stay, I stay, you go type thing? Um, whereas Lundstrom remains that kind of firm rock in there and those two alternate who's who's supporting Dessas with the press. 
Yeah, I think uh, don't disagree with you there, Ross. It's um, and as I say, you can add Sterling into that as well. Um, so it was it was very noticeable that that front four was was um, was just interchanging quite a lot. Um, if Sterling comes forward and he's losing the ball for whatever, Diomandi would be filling in for him. But um, as we've seen last couple of games, Diomandi can strike the ball. And Lawrence is comfortable sitting a little bit deeper as well. So it's uh, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. It's um it's good to have um good to have the two of them there. Well, yeah, sure. I'll come into you. I kinda of want to highlight Dujon Sterling a wee bit. When he set up, I don't believe he was set out to play as a kind of right winger on Saturday. I believe he was kind of told to occupy a, an area of the pitch, especially on transition when we're when we're in attack and and defending. Um, he's he's not an out and out right, right winger. He's he's an athletic footballer um, that can cover a lot of grass. Would you agree on that? I definitely agree with that. I mean, athleticism is probably one of his best attributes. It allows him to play all these different positions. I think it's telling though when you see Sterling and Diamandi's positions being so close together on that heat map that they are really doing a similar job. When as as you were saying, Ross, one can break forward, one can hold. I mean, lunchroom position that's where you'd expect him to be. Uh, I think it's also telling just as a whole that that's eight players' average position in the Hearts half. Uh, and if you look at the pitch, really, that's all ten of our outfield players and the, the you know not in our back third. It shows you how dominant we were and how attacking we were. Which I mean, we've really been maybe not between us. We've uh, we've heard it several times about not starting the game fast, but seeing that kind of that first half hour with all the players in very attacking and forward-looking positions. Um, and it's easy to say, why, why can't you just go out on the attack? Well, we've heard players saying it's not not just as simple as that, but I think Clement has done something to make us play a lot more on the front foot, putting them on the back foot from the very beginning. Um, but going back to Sterling, he's he's shown how versatile he is, and I think um, whatever he plays, really, he's he's not he's not given a bad a bad account. And so, bar maybe one game, did he play out in the left? And I don't think people are too happy with it, but it was an odd position for him. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm really happy with how he's playing, and um, he's not he's not really let us down. Is anybody? I'm just going to open us up. Everybody, has anybody get any comments on Hearts average positions in the first half? Scotty, I was just going to ask you there, bud. We're playing uh, Sterling out on the right mm-hmm. feels like it's quite a um, slightly more cautious approach, given that he's got his defensive attributes as well. Too mm-hmm. more because than we know is a lot more attacking minded. Do you think he's looking at that with a view to potentially the Benfica game coming up to potentially the old firm at Ibrox to get him bedded in and or, or test out his kind of abilities on the right? Because we know he's defensively strong. Can he also offer that, you know, attacking threat as well and then really firm up? And, and as, as you know, Tomo said earlier, move into that midfield if needed, if we're a bit more backs to the wall and really kind of, you know, override that midfield with the extra man. Do you think that's why he's trying to do that? I, I would, I would tend to agree with that. I think one of the bi- the biggest reason he's doing it is so he can get Tavernier kind of high and wide. If you look mm-hmm. at Tavernier there on a average position chart compared to where he was against St Johnston, it was like further back, like the halfway line. So it's almost as if James Tavernier was pinned back. Whereas if he's got a right back playing in front of him, I don't know if you remember when Walter was in charge the second time when he used to quite a lot play Hutton and Whitaker together. Mm-hmm. on the right-hand side, and it was just a, a kind of rotational 
switch up the day because none of them were out now wingers, but they were good at getting beyond and delivering their cross and had an eye mm. for goal and um, all the rest of it. So I think what he's doing with Sterling is just trying to get him in a team ultimately. But there's, um, I would definitely say in terms of Sterling's athleticism and what he brings, I mean, he's not just athletic, he's a good footballer into the bargain as well. I think he's going to be key in keeping Angel Di Maria quiet when it comes to Benfica. What do you think of that? Yeah, look, I think that's completely fair. I, I've mentioned it a few times now. I think some of the bigger games that we played um, under under Gerard, when we knew that we'd probably see less of the ball, have to be really compact at times. He would play Joe Aribo out on the right because we knew that Joe could A, hold on to the ball. He had the athleticism to move forward if he needed to. A bit of quality out there to hold up play, but also he had the defensive ability to sort of pull in and make it a more robust midfield. Um so just to answer your question on on Hearts there, you can see, I mean, from a def- it's a very much a defensive um, setup they've got there. I mean, there was probably only five, maybe 10 minutes where Hearts kind of were, were, were dictating play slightly, but, you know, they didn't really touch the ball. I mean, number 77 there's basically fucking invisible, isn't he? I don't think he touched the ball. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I, um, yeah, the, it was very much a, a compact, robust performance from them. Um, and I think we were dictating play at will. We should have really scored maybe a couple more. It could have been more uh, like a 4-5-0 at halftime if, if you know, Dessas had converted those and there was another couple of good strikes that we had from distance as well. Um, but yeah, look, it was a really great first-half performance. It allowed Clement to tinker in the second half. Um, and there was actually just one comment that I saw popped up from, from Andy Campbell. If only we could join uh, Ridvan's game with Borna's crossing, we'd have some player... And I think there's, there's probably some truth in that, but I think it's also worth calling out that some of the deliveries that Ridvan put in in that first half, there was one I think he sort of cut through it and sort of stunned it across the face of the goal and it was an absolute corking ball in. So probably somebody's working on, but um, but yeah, I'd, I'd tend to agree if we could get that level of delivery and consistent delivery that Borna has been providing over the past few years, then I think we could be onto a really, uh, really big asset within our club. Aye, I would agree with that. Agree with that. To me, it looks, when I'm looking at the average position, Stats are hearts. It, it's coming across as that Rangers have played that well that hearts have had to take them positions. Right. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but um, sorry, mate, definitely. I, I don't know what's going on with my Wi Fi. So, um, it's to me looking at the average kind of player positions with Hearts there. I think it's more a credit to Rangers that Hearts are pinned back like that because Hearts are a good side going forward. I mean, the third best in the league. Billy, what would your thoughts be on that? I wanted to come back to on Ross's point about Sterling because I think that's a really good point. What you've what you've noticed, I hadn't noticed that. I'm thinking he's coming in to be, provide some steel really in the forward uh, right side. But you're you're right that going forward and I guess especially in the old firm games or the games against European teams him being able to come back in and give us an extra strong athletic player in the middle um, I, I just wouldn't put it past Clement to be thinking ahead like that so I, no, I think it's really good you pointed that out um, And what's your take on um, I guess Hearts is set up here clearly you can see where the centre back is they've, they've, they've very much been pinned back which probably illustrates the the sort of story and the the layout of the first half anyway. Um, would you say that's the best half that we've we've had, Billy? Would you say that's the most progressive and dynamic we've looked? 
as a half, yeah, I think it's one of the best. I think I just think we were in control for that whole game. It's my, it's been my favourite game of the season so far, uh, just with how dominant we we never were in any trouble. And I, I don't know if, if, if Scott, if you got a if you've got a second half image, if you don't, it's no no worries. But I wouldn't have thought it would look much different other than maybe the last ten minutes. They really came out and there's a couple of they had a couple of chances. Um, but other than that, we we pinned them back the whole game. I wouldn't be surprised if the the whole match average positions look very similar. I wouldn't be surprised at that, to be honest with you. So we'll quickly touch on the goals. Um, first goal, Mohamed Diamande. Last week, he rolled it with his left, hit it with his right. This week, it was his right on his left. Um, Tomo, I'll come to you on the first goal. Cortez kind of carried the ball a wee bit. Um, before he assisted Diamande for a goal, but what was your thoughts on it? Yeah, really good goal. I was um, I was sat pretty much right behind it, and as soon as it left his foot, you you knew it was in. But it was just just that ability to have to, to have a strike from the edge of the box. We've been missing that for I'd say a good number of years, apart from Lundstrom and obviously Tavernier. We we don't seem to shoot from distance, and then. The last couple of months, I would say, players have started started shooting from outside the box and we're getting our rewards for it. Um, but Cortez has done well. We've started off quickly like we need to. And yeah, fr- from then on, I mean, it's a bit much to say maybe after two minutes, but you pretty much see the, the game was done. <laughs> you know, that, that, that 1-0, the way we've been defending our defensive record, you just think we're not going to concede any more here. And it's like, can we get a second, third, fourth? Um, but yeah, it was a lovely finish from Diamande. Um, and he seems to be very two-footed. Can, can I come in, Tom? You, you said you were sitting behind it. Did you notice? I think it's Lawrence kind of jumps out the way, um, which would probably put the goalkeeper off as well. Did you notice that at the time? I just seen yeah. it in a replay there. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence, he's jumped out of the way. Um, I mean, there's... There's no question of him being offside or anything like that, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, keeper maybe a little bit unsighted. But as I say, as soon as it's left his foot, it's uh, you could see it was going in. Chat's on fire tonight, lads. Tell you what, some <laughs> banter flying about around here. Curry for stands, I rocks and Guinness, some of his um, lovely part. Um, love to see the second goal, Ross. I'll come to you on that one. Um, yeah, I thought Cortez's strike was perfect, but I thought the pass was better than the finish. Oh, what do you think? Oh, struggling to agree with that one, Scotty. You know, <laughs> the lad, um, I almost think it's one of those where he's got so much time that it would be so easy to fluff because he could have taken another touch and put it onto his left foot. Which, which kind of I felt like he was maybe going to do. You know, the game really opened up. The defenders got sucked towards the ball. I think Dess has maybe thought it was a pass for him and, and sort of st- stopped his run slightly. But clearly, Lawrence had picked it out really beautifully and waited it, you know, absolutely on a on a, on a a cushion for him. Um, but yeah, it would have been easy for him to have taken a touch, let Xander Clark set himself and get in a position where he could have gotten low. Um, but Cortez clearly full of confidence. I think Clement is just giving the lad everything he needs in terms of game time, in terms of the right players around him to make him, you know, really sing. And look, he caught it absolutely sweet as anything. And, and as I say, Xander Clark was a bit wrong-footed, having come across the goal to then go back. Um, and it nestled perfectly in the corner. I think 
you'll struggle to see a, a, a better finish, really, I think, um, this weekend in football across Britain because the way he just cushions it and nestles it in, he doesn't hit it like a, you'd expect a sort of 20, 21-year-old to sort of maybe laces or thrash it in. He cushions it and just l- allows the weight of the ball and the speed of the ball to, to nestle in the bottom corner. I thought it was a, an absolutely superb finish. Not taking it away from Lawrence, I think it was a great unselfish bit of play and I think testament to Lawrence, he, um, he had an absolutely brilliant game and, and was probably quite unlucky to come off when he did, you could see it sort of maybe got to him a little bit. Maybe we'll touch on that. But um, another really strong performance from him. I think he's one of those players as well that, you know, that's three or four games now in a row, which I know it sounds a bit daft, but actually keeping him fit and getting him playing three, four games, it's going under the radar, no injuries, touch wood so far, nothing there. And abs- you know, and we was maybe getting one, two games prior to this and it was another little knock or a niggle here or, a you know, just a tight muscle, but, no, I think, you know, we've just got to take it out of to Clement for the way he's introducing them. And and it was really interesting. I was listening on a pod earlier and they were saying how, well, I think the lad was at the game when um, Lawrence did come off. Um, they stood and talked for sort of two, three minutes. And Clement explained to him exactly what the reason why, um, you know, he was taken off and, and for what purpose it served to the, to the wider team. So, um, yeah, look, going back to your question, fantastic goal for me. I think it was a, a superb strike. I think you're on mute there, Scotty. Uh, did anybody realise if Dessel's dummy that I'm not just the answer, Corey? <laughs> I'm going. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going to give Big Cyril the uh, benefit of a doubt here and say, yeah, it was a hell of a Good dummy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I think we need to get a shout out to Sterling as well for winning the ball for Tom yeah. Lawrence. That's how Sterling's contributing for Rangers going forward. Does winning the ball high up, pressing obviously wins the penalty at St Johnston, and he's. He's a he's contributed again. Um, Tom, I'll come on to you for a third goal. I thought John Suter was one of his best matches in a Rangers jersey yesterday. Um, the pass was absolutely sick. It was something. He looks as if he's really, really settled in that left side of the fence now, doesn't he? He does, and um, that's something he brings us. We've had it for years with Goldson, who's able to to bring it and play those crossfield passes. Excuse me. And um, we've now got it with Suter. He's comfortable on the ball, coming out and playing it. Um, the pass was, as I say, fantastic. And I think that's where we're sort of, we're beginning to see the best of Dessers now. Earlier in the season, that ball probably comes a split second late and he's offside. Whereas now, I think the players, it, players are getting in tune with him. He's, uh, he's timing his runs right and the, and the right balls are coming. Um, I saw the highlights um, and I didn't realise how tight it actually was he looked a lot mm. further on side but even the finish itself you know that's not an easy finish um, it's very easy to just pass that into the keeper's hands or you know scuff yeah. it wide but he's he's just passed it into the corner um, almost nonchalant like he's won against uh, Hibbs but I, I don't know if you've seen a I don't know if you've seen a, a very similar goal by Jelovic that was yeah. going doing the rounds on on the, the interweb. Um, yeah. but it, and how much do we revere Jelovic as a finisher? So I think you have to give Dessa's credit. He's uh, he's playing. He's. I mean, there was some some other comments I was reading as well that he's now getting this relationship with Tavernier, <clears throat> and they're working together better as well. I mean, there was a goal last week against Ross County, wasn't it? Uh, from Tav over. Um, I think his finishing's come on. I think it's just confidence with him. I, I love yeah. that finish at the weekend, that first goal. I mean, 
we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the, on his second goal in a little bit, obviously. But both of them, both of the finishes were were brilliant for different reasons. And and his first goal, as I say, the one was brilliant. The pass from suited to pick him out, and then just the, the finish itself gives the keeper no chance, and let's say it kills the game at half time. And we can just you know the team can just sort of relax. We've got more tests coming up. I'm going to come in on the fourth goal. No, Samuel Dessers, I'm probably, I've probably been his biggest critics. As you know, I'm on the Rangers assessment, stands Ibrox, Gallant Pugh, and I've barely had a good word to say about the guys in design because I think overall for the fee and the outlay, he's been very underwhelming. But he done something on Saturday that I've been wanting to see all season. There was a kind of scramble in the middle of the box, the ball falls to him, and he just leathers it and everything. it. Mm. Nice and simple. Didn't they try and put anybody in their backside? They didn't they try any flicks or tricks? Just finished the chance. And it's probably my favourite Cyril Dessler's goal. I think it's better than the Betty school purely because of how effective it was, to be brutally honest with you. Didn't they try anything fancy? It just finished it. And that's how he's going to change my opinion on him is by being more clinical in front of a goal. Billy, what's your thoughts? Well, we talked about it after the game and I could see that we even what you were saying, how much you liked that goal. I- I can't go that far with you, I'm afraid. I feel a wee bit disappointed he didn't do better with the initial ball and, and get a shot away there. I guess he's crowded out. But, I mean, as I was saying the other day, the roof of the net finish looks fantastic and well played for him actually keep him going and not just giving up because he could have easily just thrown his hands up and said, oh, that's away. But he, he, he battles through and, and gets that shot. So, but, um, I'm no, I'm afraid I'm, I'm a more of a fan of his uh, first goal that day. But um, it still looked good. You just... You don't see it enough on him. We'll quickly go in the panel on Dessers because I think he's a wee bit of an enigma. It definitely divides opinion. Ross, what's your overall thoughts on him? Are you happy with him? Come the end of the season, do you try and sell him on or do you keep him? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your first question. I'm happy with him. Yeah, we, I think his return, yes, I'm very happy. 16 goals for the season. I think we would have certainly taken that given his first few performances. I think getting him up to speed with the expectation here and playing the way Clement wants him to play is is one thing. And I think, you know, you do have to give players time. And I think it probably taught a lot of us that actually giving players time to come to terms with their environment, with the players around them, with the teams you're playing, with the pitches, with the climate, all of that needs to take time, you know. And, and in this day and age in football, you just don't really get it. So it's been a necessity that we've had to play in, but actually it's worked out beneficial to the to the team. And I think not just that, the team have also grown used to the way he likes to play. So we've mentioned it a few times that if he has too much time, Allah threw on goal against Celtic, and there was one the other day as well against St. Johnson, or a couple the other day, um, then he, he probably isn't, that's not his best um, area of the game. You know, he's not he's not a player who's necessarily composed and, and elegant in front of goal and, and whatnot. He's more of an instinctive striker. And I think if, if Clement can get that into him and, and, and make sure that we're getting the, the right deliveries to make it a header or a, a nice cushion volley, as, as the weekend showed. Uh, I think there's a real player in there. Just And, and then on also on your second point of, do I think we'll sell him in the summer? I, I genuinely don't think we will. I think we'll get another striker in when Roof goes, because um, I think that that's probably an inevitability. But I don't think Dessers will be... I think he'll still be an option, you know. I think getting a season under his belt, hopefully a winner's title with him, um, and 20-odd goals, I think it would be wrong to sell him. Um, and then my favourite goal of his is actually his first goal. 
which was, uh, I think the keeper parried out and it banged off his chest and went in. So it was just the most serial deaths thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was uh, truly, truly awful goal. But I loved it because it just sort of like deflected it off him, banged off his chest. Um, It'd be good to see in the comments, guys, if if you're listening in, what you think your favourite goal was. I think there'll be a lot of votes for Betis. But um, yeah, if there's any in there that, that we've missed out on, then then do uh, do stick them in the comments. For some dates, a Warren Shanklin fan, you're not meant to stitch me up for that, Ross. Look, I, I, I think Shanklin's a good player. I do. Um, I can't help that. I, I think his ship sailed with Rangers now, so we've got Serial and we're happy with it. Aye, definitely. Do any of you boys want to come in on any of Ross's points? I'll let you go, Tom. I mean, I let... Like I say, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I've been a massive fan of Dessers. My, my my group chat with a local Rangers club here in the Isle of Man, I, I slagged him to death um, after that Celtic game. I was done with him. I was happy if he if he you know went, never see him again. But I think earlier in the season, there's always been something there that that you can see. There's something coming out. He was working hard. Just things weren't coming off for him. Um, and when he signed for us, I, I read an article um, that said he'd, he'd had a bit of a serious knee injury and the Rangers fans might not see the best of him until after the new year. And that's what we seem to, seem to be seeing. And I'd say Saturday was the first time I've seen him in the flesh. And I didn't realise how quick he was over that first five, ten yards. Um he really was, you know, someone's, I think, mentioned it in a comment that he was basically a whippet. But he, he was rapid. Uh, second half, he left one of the Hearts defenders for dead. So he's definitely an asset for the rest of the season. The way he's going, he's going to be finishing on 25, 30 goals, I think. And there's not too many Rangers strikers that can say they've done that. So he will frustrate, he will miss chances, but he will... He will be there for the next one, and the next one, and that's all you can ask. Belly if I can come in, yeah, yeah, this is just like the duality of man kind of problem because on one one point I agree with Ross, we need to give him more time. But does he pass the smell test of a Rangers striker, like a top-class Rangers striker? Well, his numbers actually probably won't be far away from it, but I've just got a feeling he's, he's not... He's not he's not a main striker anyway. I certainly think we more than likely will keep hold of him in the summer and they more than likely will get a good few goals next season. But I do hope we bring in someone of a, a just a better quality than than him. I I would probably agree with that. Um I think if we can get our money back for him, considering his age and stuff and the new new player trading model we've got in place at Rangers, I think it's a no brainer. If there's interest and we can recoup the fee, I think a four four and a half million pound could be could be better spent. Um, before we go into Ross's trivia question, my other favourite goal of the day was um, Fabio Silva's. I've got one more wee thing to show everybody, and it's um, John Lundstrom's heat map. I that agree with goal, that. That <laughs> goal pass for Fabio Silva's goal is probably the great. That's up there with his goal against Leipzig in the semi final. For me, anyway, like that's how good I rate that no look pass. I cannot believe that John Lundstrom is playing that well that he's dishing out no look passes against the third best team in the league. I can't get rid of it. Tom, Scott, I've, been, I've been doing no look passes with my dog ever since, just out in the garden, just doing <laughs> passes with her. Tom, I'll come to you on it first. What did you make it? 
Uh, yeah, it was brilliant. He's been he's been fantastic pretty much since Clement came in. Um, I don't know what the change has been. Whether he's now got just a defined position in the in the midfield, um, I don't know what it is. I mean, when when he came to us, I read a few Sheffield United forums, and they seem to say in the last year he pretty much down tools because he wanted to move. Well, he's got a few months left on his contract and he's certainly playing like someone who who wants to stay. Um, so if he keeps playing like that, say the pass was, was brilliant. Um, great run from Silva, great pass and great finish. But he's he's playing at, I'll be honest, he's playing at a level that I didn't think he'd get back to. That season, when we got to the Europa League final, he, he was brilliant and I didn't think he'd get back to that. But he's, if he's not back to it, he's close to it. And along with Botland, Tav and Goldson, he's someone that will be starting pretty much every game, I would imagine. He's not one of these players that are going to be rotated. Well, that's brought me on to my next point quite nicely, actually, about him being one of the core core members of the team now, first in the team sheet every week. Um, do you think that we give him a good contract or do you think that we try and keep him on the same wages or less because he's, he's I think he might be 29, 30 now. I'm not sure his age, I can't confirm it, but I know he is in that region. This is going to be his last sort of big contract. How would you be sitting down and kind of getting around the negotiating table with him? Would you give him what he's worth or would you try and get him I, 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 I personally think you need that experience in the team. You can't just have a load of young people young players, you need to have that experience around them. So unless there's someone better out there, then my opinion is we give him a fair deal and what he's asking for. We've lost players in the past because we've penny pinched or we haven't given them, you know, what we deserved. But I think Lundstrom is pivotal for us. And if no one better if there's no one better out there, I don't see how we can't keep him. Yeah. I think it's going well, to come down to yeah, it's going to come down to what Clement thinks himself. Does he think he can get a better player for those wages? I think I said at the, the post match body he'll he'll have offers elsewhere of wages at least comparable to what he's on. So I don't think there's really going to be an option. If we want to keep him and if Clement does want to keep him, um well we're going to have to pay him probably at least what he's on, if not not a bit more. It's for me. It's down to he's playing fantastic since Clement's come in, and he played fantastic in that run in Europa League. Has he done it else? Maybe it's just this not having a rigid two in the middle that we're we're not kind of going with anymore. And um, he's got more uh, license to kind of be a bit free, freer in that role, but also he's got another player ahead of him more than what he would have done before rather than having to pass it sideways. He's making more forward forward passes, in my opinion. But it's going to come down to Clement and what he thinks in between him and the sporting director to see what they what they think else is out there. Uh, and I do agree with Tom that, you know, that core of, I mean, Butland's an experienced player, Goldson's obviously an experienced player. Uh, having lunch from there as well. We've, we've got a good spine of experienced players that will, will be here next season. Ross, John Lundstrom has become the kind of the tone setter in the middle of the park. The way he's harrying players around about him, he's setting the tempo, he's um, he's playing the ball really, really quickly. I think he's possibly the biggest tool that Clement's got in terms of how we want to play. Do you think that's fair to say? 
I mean, I wouldn't call him a tool to his face. He's scousing what? six one, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> no, look, the guy is. Um, uh, how long have we got? I mean, I think the guy has been phenomenal. I just want to put this out here on record. You can clip this. He's going nowhere. He will sign that contract, and he'll be here next season. I, I, I would put my house on it. Um, his versatility in receiving the ball on his right foot and his left foot. He's extremely agile. I think he's quicker than people probably think as well. And I think the fact that Clement plays him game in, game out will show how, already shows how much he means to the team and to Clement. If I was Phil Clement now and, and you ask about his age and stuff, the guy doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. I think he's getting fitter and fitter and leading the team by example. He reminds me of an Ian Ferguson of the past, you know, steel in midfield, always trying to move the ball forwards, um, seems to give confidence to those around him. He's always asking for the ball. He's always making space and making an option. He takes it on one foot. He sometimes plays the long pass. He can play the short pass. There's no one in that Rangers squad currently who can do that job. Now, that's not to say in years to come, if Diamande wants to sit back a little further and play that type of role, then then he can. But but Lundstrom, for me, is absolutely critical to the way we start our progressive attacks. You know, he, 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 he's always willing to take the ball off the defenders, which not a lot of players do. As I say, he's happy to take the ball with players around him. He uh, he knows the club. He's been to the Europa League final. He's been and played in big, big games for us. That's the experience that you build a team around. You bring the youth in to supplement experience like that. Mark my words, the guy's going nowhere. He's a, he's a, he's a great, great player and he's critical to the way we play. Ross, can I come in and ask you, do you think overall, though, in his time here, he's... He deserves another contract. I would say yes. Yeah. I think okay. yeah. I think even even in games when he hasn't necessarily played well, and there has been somewhere, I remember one he gave the ball away. I can't remember who it was against, but he gave the ball away and he didn't, and he sort of just stopped, and uh, everyone kicked off, and it was went a bit viral and stuff. I can't remember who we were playing against. And look, I think I was very frustrated as well. Does that mean he's not the right player to take Rangers forward to the next stage to be a you know, a, a continuously dominant force in the SPFL. No, I think the guy is. I think he is. And I, and I would argue that there's not a better, uh, well, I know for a fact there's not a better sort of sitting midfielder in the league. At no way. There's no one that, that could do that job the way he does it. Um, and I dare say there's a lot of teams in England that could do with a, a, a player like John Lundstrom in that position. You see the value of players like a Caicedo, like an Enzo Fernandez, and the, and how highly rated they are in terms of the value of them and what they bring to the club. Well, he's our version of that. So we need to hold on to him. And I think we need to pay the money um, and keep the guy on board. Um, as I say, it's not just his defensive work rate and breaking up play, which he does so well. He gets around that midfield area. He's got some engine on him. It's the way he progresses the ball forward. You know, he is one is testament to those little triangles. I can guarantee if you watch any of the the good sort of triangles that we play in centre midfield or, or moving forward. Lundstrom will have will have sort of kicked that off and be and be testament into that. So yeah, um I, I hear your point and I think there's been games that he's had poor games, but for me I think he's he's so critical and it's as I said before, Clement's playing him week in, week out. The guy's the guy's going nowhere for sure. Royce, do you want to give the the comments? Yeah your, your trivia question. Yeah, for sure. Right. Please, no Googling on this one. So I'll know if you're Googling because you'll get it right. Um, so the question is, there are three Rangers players or, or past Rangers players who have won the World Cup. 
name all three. Right, here we go. Three Rangers players to have won the World Cup with the name all three. So I'll leave that with the, with the comments just now and we will move on to Kilmarnock. So, Kelly and the Kelly Pies. Um, right, so thanks, Bob, for doing some work for me today when getting these slides up. Um, there's obviously just some stats for anybody so it's Spotify it's just um, some small stats about a uh, recent form they won three of the last five games they're on two scoring seven conceding two the clean sheets against Livingston Cove Rangers and Aberdeen Rangers have obviously won the last five games scoring 15 conceding two with clean sheets coming against their United St Johnston and Hearts um, Rangers have played Kirk Kilmarnock twice this season 1-0 defeat in the opening day of the season, which we don't want to speak about, and a 3-1 win at home to Kilmarnock in January. So, the key players, the ones to watch out for, are Marley Watkins, Danny Armstrong, and Kyle Vassell. They've all got five goals each. And they've got a young boy, David Watson, in the Midlay Park. 14 home games, Kilmarnock have won eight of them. They've got a really, really good record against the Old Firm this season. Ross, what type of challenge are we facing on Wednesday night? Um, a very robust one. I think McInnes has got them playing very, very well, and I think his recruitment's been superb. I think come the end of that January window, um, I think they were the one team that you kind of thought, OK, they're taking this very seriously. Then, you know, they've got Van Veen in now, who's proven in the league. The lad Armstrong's a, a top-quality player. I think he's probably, you know... Six month, six to twelve months away from from getting a, a decent move away from from Killy, um, and the lad Watson as well. They've got youth coming through as well. So look, it's going to be a really stern test. I think you only have to look at the points they've taken off the old firm this year to know that they're they're a force to be reckoned with, and they know how to set up against us. So um, yeah, a, a, a real challenge ahead of us. I think probably well, certainly more than what we had at Heart, uh, against Hearts the weekend. Do you want to take that point, Ross? Can I ask either? Tom or Billy something? Yeah, sure. So, lads, let's take ourselves back to the first game of the season. Um, and Killy took points off us. Do you think that this is a the same kind of Killy team, that they're going to set up the same to, to try and hit us on the counter? Or do you think they've got enough wind on their sails now, having taken points off Celtic, to actually come at us a bit? And, and then I guess the second point of that question is, do you think that suits us? Or do you think we want to be... Uh, dominating possession and trying to dictate play. Tom, I'll go to you first. Yeah, it's a good good question, Ross. Um, I think they've got a certain way of playing, um, but I do think their position in the league, which probably nobody expected, may see them being a little bit more open. Um, I caught I caught a bit of a game when they um, <clears throat> excuse me when they took points. Sorry, when they we 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 um, against Celtic the other week and they were a lot more open you know we drew when they drew one all at Celtic Park and they could have won that game and I've not I mean I've not seen Kilmarnock do something like that at Ibrox so it does suggest to me they are maybe a little bit more attacking and the boy Armstrong um, I think is a cracking player um, he's his work rate he's tenacious and um, 
to me, he's a he's a danger man. They yeah. like getting the ball up to big uh, big Vassell up front mm-hmm. and players work off him. But um, <clears throat> I don't I don't think they'll come out gung ho or anything like that. I think they'll have a set way of playing. But um, I do think it might be a little bit more of a an open game than what a lot of people are thinking, just because of their league position and they can maybe go and have that little goal without the fear of. Oh, we're in a relegation battle. Every point's a every point's a prisoner, you know. Mm-hmm. Billy, just just on that then, and and taking what Tomo said on board, do you reckon Clement will be saying to the lads, keep it firm for 15, 20 minutes, let the game play out, and then we start to, you know, enforce ourselves, commit more men forward, and 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 try and get that goal, or do you think he'll do what we've done against Hearts and say, I want you going out from the start, get that first goal within the first five minutes. And then let them come at you, and we'll get the second, third, and wrap the game up. I think the sensible option would be option one. So he might go for that because he's a sensible man. I hope, though, that we do option two, and that's to if we can start like we did against Hearts. I think they could be they could be a goal down pretty quick, and they could be more than a goal down in the first half hour if we play as good as we did. The pitch is going to be a deciding, or not deciding, but it's going to be a contributing factor to it. Um, but I hope we do option two and I hope we, we take the game to them because we were gutless in the first game and I know it's a different different team, different manager. We didn't even start with our supposed best player in that game. Um, we're going to start with the team that Clement thinks is going to win. Uh, there's not going to be any holding back from 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 that kind of side of things. So uh, I hope we go with option two, Ross. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I, I tend to agree with that. I think we've proven that um, we can get that early goal and we've proven that we can uh, see teams off, which is something that we've not seen for, for a good while with the past few managers or, or Beale at least. You know, we, we certainly weren't keeping the foot on the throat and making sure that that game was done and dusted by, by half-time. Scotty, I'll just pose one to you before I pass back to you. Mm-hmm. We've touched on the St. Johnson pitch. We've touched on a few other pitches. Do you think that is something that Clement will be taking into consideration when he's picking his team? Or do you think he'll be confident with the players that we've got and potentially the team that we had against uh, Hearts out to get the job done, given that it's a, a, a tricky surface? I think you'll see in my team lineup prediction, Ross, that I've put a very, very physical side together for tomorrow night because I think that's the biggest challenge that we've got. I think we need to play the most physical team that we possibly can. And Dujo and Sterling's a big, massive part of that for me. In terms of pitch, pitches, it's a surface. It's a surface that, as professional football players, football players, they should be able to deal with. But I mean, but we're, we're in the SPFL Premiership, we're in the top league in Scotland. These pitches should be a thing of the past, in my opinion, mate. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a fair comment. Seeing some of the comments coming through, um, don't think Lawrence will play on that pitch. Maybe a few other players who are kind of being eased into back into kind of the, the, the rotational system again. So uh, I guess that leads us on to the the your your lineup then, Scotty. I definitely I'm going to hand over to Billy first though. Billy, have you got any kind of topics uh, about Kilmarnock that you might ask a panel? Um, I guess we to be honest, mate, we've, we've probably covered the main things we would be worried about. Uh, the pitch, the the setup that they're gonna play. Um, I, I suspect. I mean, do you used to? Like, Tom has already said he thinks it might be more open than than what we thought. But Ross and Scott, do you do you think they'll play open or play particularly open? No, I think 
I think they're going to be camped in, but they're going to press as high, if that makes any sense. I think they're going to be playing a low block. I think his performance is going to be, he's going to set his team up to be a wee bit unbalanced, and that's where we're going to get in behind. I think he's, his defence is really, really well drilled, Derek McInnes, and Lewis Mayo is at the heart of that. Um, Stuart Finley's an experienced player. It's up in the slides just now. Um, but I think... He's pressed Celtic, he pressed Rangers in the first game of the season. I think that's his, his style. And Celtic leave themselves exposed to the counter-attack with playing one or two centre-backs. Rangers have been caught out this this season with it, but I don't think it's going to cause us any major issues tomorrow night, to be honest with you, Billy. Just on that, Billy, I, I, I think he will go hell for leather. I think Clement's going to go big guns. I would be very surprised. I would be surprised if we don't go out with a very similar team to what we played against Hearts. I think he's going to go for it. I think he really will have liked what he'd seen, closing the game off early. Get it done, get it boxed off, get rotation, get the players on and minutes under the, you know, in their legs. I think he's going to go for it. I think also the, the goal we lost was an individual error, really, um, from the previous game. They didn't look like scoring outside that either, from what I remember. But I'm thinking with the, the game I did watch them at home was against Celtic recently. And they really just let Celtic have the ball for the first half, hoping to keep it, you know, low scoring. And then they went for them. They look like a, a different team in the second half. So they've got that in the locker to be an attacking threat. But I don't see them starting like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough point. Tom, have you got anything you want to ask any of the boys or myself? Um, I suppose just with um, Kilmarnock, I heard uh, Neil Warnock at the weekend saying that the biggest difference between them was the physicality of it all, um, which coming from an Aberdeen team is, you know, it's strange to hear. They're not, they're not um, a miss to sticking the foot in. So do you think they're just going to be, they're going to be really physical against us? Because um, as I say, we've got some cracking players, but do you think the physicality will be what's going to come into it? The midfield battle really um, is uh, that's where it's going to be won and lost. What do you what do you think? Who's that to Tomo? Who do you want? Well, to ask? Can I let let me come in first of all then? Because um, there was there's one shot after um, Silver scores and he goes behind the goal and you see the camera behind him. He's a big guy. He's got big mm. shoulders. I don't think we're quite as unphysical, if that's the, the right term, as we maybe think we are. We've got strong players. Um, Dersers is no no weakling either, so we've got players that can go against that back line and give a good physical performance, as well as you know the the other other like Sterling is the other obvious one as a as a big player. Lundstrom's no slouch. Golden and Suter, if that's who is starting, although um, obviously could be Balogun coming back in. Yelmaz might be your what you consider your weakest link, but he was he out. He didn't get beaten in any uh, high balls at the weekend. I remember he was out jumping everybody. I mean, I can't. I can't remember the last time Yilmaz was beaten there. To be honest, he's. I, I know, can. It was that one uh, Shankland <laughs> goal. I, that, that that was that was a while ago. Though, and didn't didn't come anything. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it. I think it will be a physical game, and like you say, we we've got players that can handle themselves now. And this is a, to be honest, the two games, Hearts and Kilmarnock, this is the one where I wouldn't say worried about, but I, I could see us having a bit more of a struggle 
Um, I thought we'd beat Hearts. Um, no worries there. But Kilmarnock on their own patch, especially if they get a goal up, it's it's you know they're hard to break down. So I think yeah. we do need to start off quickly and try and, and get the game, take the game to them and and get get it killed off as quickly as possible. Really, I'll I'll just jump in on that and I'll just refer to um, my dad text me. So shout out to, to my dad Gordon if if you're listening. Um, he said one one area that's been overlooked is Clement's comments when he arrived about food, lifestyle, etc. Plus the amount of injuries he had noticed and the sort of root cause of those. So I just thought it would be worth maybe raising that now, given we're talking about physicality, about players' engines and the sort of minutes we're getting out of them. Do you think that's something that we're starting to see flow through into real-time games now? Are we are we seeing that nature, the sort of continuous press? The firm in the challenge, the physical nature of the players, that they look stronger, they look fitter, they look hungrier for it. Scotty, I'll, I'll just pose that one to you. Aye, definitely. The difference in this team is night and day in terms of fitness and stuff like that. And see the the knowledge of having everybody having their own personal fitness plan as well. I mean, you just look at Tom Lawrence, we look, we look as if he's... Don't, I'm touching wood when I say this here, but look as if we're finally seeing him on a kind of prolonged, for a prolonged period of time on the pitch. I noticed some. I noticed today was Rangers played Kemar Roof in the B team game. I don't want to get into it as a subject, but what Rangers I beat what Rangers B Academy actually tweeted out was it was a pre-planned sub when they brought him off. So to me, that's Rangers kind of cover no basis because if you know what it would the comment section on Twitter would have been like when they seen Roof had went off. So yeah. the fact that that's pre-planned and come on, even trying to get Kemar Roof in some sort of. Uh, flow, if you want to call it that, Ross. I think the, the difference is, is night and day. And the fitness, the teamwork, the team ethic between... I mean, you only need to look at John Lundstrom and you need to look at Red Van Yilmaz, how much they've improved under the current manager. Several Dessers, he's waved a magic wand with Dessers as well. He, he, looks a, he looks so much better than what he did at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But the improvements are are all throughout the team. I mean, he's gave young Ross McCausland a run of matches as well, and that's something I really hope I see going forward. Yeah. I think we're on the up with this manager because we've, he's the first proper manager we've had since the late great Walter Smith. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I heard someone call him, I thought, I won't use his name, I think it was a Mr Stewart um, on Sports Scene uh, BBC podcast this morning, and he called him a statesman-like, and I thought that was a really good term, respected, yeah, you, know, you wouldn't get want to get on the wrong side of him. He sort of demands respect, but I think he's he he follows through with his commitments. I don't think he's someone that's just sort of to use a term all fart no poo. You know, I think he actually comes through with what he's actually wanting to do, and I think we're seeing the the evidence of that on the on the pitch. Um, Tomo, a, a question that, that popped into my head there um, when, when we're talking about the lineups against Killy. One thing we haven't even t- talked about at all, or even nodded towards, is our centre back pairing. Do you think we're starting to see the fruits of a developing relationship between those two? That, that they understand that Goldson now is probably the one who sits a little deeper. Suter's the one who comes out with the ball and addresses play first up and allows Goldson that more of a sort of defensive stability behind him. Uh, Lincoln playing into Lundstrom. Do you think we're starting to see that that partnership grow a bit more? Yeah, most, most definitely, Ross. Um, I've said it to you boys before. Championship winning teams are built on their defence and, you know, you look at all the, the great championship winning teams, they've had two centre-backs and a goalkeeper who 
pretty much play all the time and, and know each other's games inside out. Um, having Butlin behind them is obviously, you know, um, a reassurance for them. But you can see the relationship growing between Goldson and Suter every game. I mean, that flows, that just flows through the team. The, the, the attackers can then get on with what they need to do without worrying that some, without worrying something's going to happen behind them. You know, the back door's locked. So, I, I've I've always liked Suter as a player, even when he was at when he was at Hearts, and uh, it was just unfortunate with injuries. And as I say, Touchwood, hopefully he's over that now. And and you go back to Clement and the injury side of things. The way he's managing the players, the likes of Ryan Jack, he, he knows at this moment in time he can't play two games a week. So bring him in, play him, and then give him time off to 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 get sorted again. And yeah. I, yeah. I just think Ross, just to sorry, touch on your point about Clement and demanding respect. I think he showed that to the squad very early on when we played against uh, Limassol, and he he took Cantwell off after what thirty five minutes because Cantwell wasn't following instructions. Um, right there, he put his stamp down saying, "If you don't listen to what I'm saying, I don't care who you are. You're not playing." And fair play to Cantwell. Cantwell could have sulked about it, you know, got into his agent, get me a new club in January, but came back, got in the team and showed what he's worth. So I think that's yeah. a good point you make about Clement. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just just on on that, um, when I, I was driving down to London this morning, I, when I pulled in at the service station, I'd been listening to the podcast and I made a note in my notes of what Clement had said in his post-match interview. And he says, I want a team without ego. And I thought you... Do you know what that that is so true in the way you see the the, the, the team play at the minute? Um Billy, have you got any thoughts on the centre backs and and how they're getting on? Do you think we're still in the market for another centre back in the summer? Yeah, I think but well will Balogun still be here next season? Um but he's not contracted, I don't believe, to next season. I don't know if he'll no. we'll maybe look for a, a younger uh, a younger replacement. I, I did that's not my team, I think, on the screen just now. I'm sure I did pick Balogun purely because the amount of changes that um, Clement kind of makes the rotations in these kind of positions, but I would rather have Suter there um, alongside them. I just suspect they might play Balogun um, on Wednesday. Um, again, I lost my train of thought. So, sorry, Ross. Um, but I mean, he, he, I think I heard the comments that he that he said that he also was talking about if players were getting ahead of themselves and thinking that they'd, they'd won before they had, then they wouldn't play either. So. You've got to respect that because if you're going to drop your best players because the head's not quite where yeah. you want, then um, that I think that's a good thing. And I've had another comment uh, from Craig Burrows, one of the North Yorkshire Loyal. Shout out to the North Yorkshire Loyal lads. Uh, don't underestimate that they all look like they get on and love playing for Rangers. That hasn't been a given for a number of seasons. So I think that's a very true comment and probably something good that Clement has, has, has drilled into them. Uh, Scotty, over to you. Hey, right, so... We've all sent my teams in. Um, as is my team, it's up. It's quite hard to see because I've yet to figure out how I can make it bigger on screen. Um, so this is by the WATP app. We are the people. Um, go and give it a follow on Facebook, Twitter, etc. Give the site a visit, some good content. So I've went for Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Suter, uh, Barisic and then I went for Sterling and Lundstrom in the Midlay Park then I went for McCausland Fabio Silva in the 10 and Cortez then up top I went for Cyril Dessers anybody want to ask me any questions? 
Do you think he would start Silva and Dessers in the starting lineup? That song. I think because of Silva's cameo in the ten yesterday, Cantwell's injured and um, Cantwell's injured. And you don't think Lawrence will play? Lawrence, Lawrence is still getting managed, so I think Silva will play in there. I think that's why we've seen him. Use to mean your first ever pod Billy. You wanted them to play together? No, I do. I, I, I do. I just. I just don't know if you will. And I I also think maybe why he took uh, Lawrence off was for this game more than, yeah, um, but, I, you know, I know he's been managed, whatever, but um, I don't see any reason why. Surely they must train on AstroTurf during the weeks, if it's, especially if it's bad weather or whatever. So he will be used to playing on it uh, to some degree. Aldo says in the comments, Barris is in the plastic pitch. For me, yes, probably because Yilmaz is still unproven in a run of matches. I think that's fair to say. In terms of playing every three days, Yilmaz is yet to kind of do that on a consistent basis. So I think he'll be taking it and it'll be purely for the physicality aspect. To answer your point on Sterling, Billy, I think Sterling's needed in the midway park. I think tomorrow night having the double pivot is important. I still think Sterling offers you something going forward. Blundstrom's still going to be setting the tone. Silva, if he's playing as a nine, plays as a ten anyway. So I'm going purely for physicality more. Does anybody else want to come in? Yeah, look, I, I really wanted to hate it, Sky. I wanted to hate it and uh, and, and rip into it, but it <laughs> makes sense. You've justified it quite well, I think. The, the only reason I'd probably... I'd swap Yilmaz in for Barisic, just purely because I think Yilmaz, his performance at the weekend, deserves another start. You know, the, the lad was... I'd only play Barisic, so maybe he rolls his ankle on the pitch or something. Um but no, I, I would play Yelmaz for sure. I think he was very strong. And I mentioned it before, him and Cortez down that left side. Whilst I agree with rotation to an extent, we need to start building little partnerships here and there. I think Lundstrom's yeah. very versatile that you can play with a few players around him. So Sterling in there for me, no hesitation about that. Um, but yeah, I'd be playing Yelmaz so him and Cortez can get that synergy over time. Um, Silva and Dessas, the only worry then is if anyone does get injured on that pitch, we're slightly then hum hamstrung as to the options that we've got, albeit with Roof coming back. But, you know, that's always with a pinch of salt. Uh, but no, I think if that team come out, you know, I, I wouldn't be too uh, too perturbed by it. I think it looks pretty strong. And Barisic might give you a bit more hype from corners if that's if, if that's it's, what he's looking to do. It's not so much my predicted lineup, but it's who I would probably line up considering a challenge we've got. A challenge we've got in Wednesday night is completely different to yeah. else we've kind of yeah, so far since the winter break. Um, I'm going to bring up the next team. You don't need to tell me who this one is, boys. It's Butland Tavern, the Goldson, no, Goldson Balligan. Looks like Balligan, right? Balligan, Yelmaz. Then they've got Lundstrom and Sterling. Sterling, Diamande on the 10. McCausland, Cortez, and Dessers. I, that's that's my one, Scott. That's my one. Um might tell us a wee bit about it, you're thinking behind it. Yeah, as I say, with Lawrence coming back, um, like I touched on earlier with Ryan Jack, um, I don't think Lord, um, Clement will be wanting to overplay players. Um, Diomandi has played in that role, albeit it was in the cup game against Air, I think it was, when uh, it was one of his earlier appearances for us. And I just think we're going to go for that that sort of physicality with Sterling in the centre of midfield. Um, Yilmaz, 
<clears throat> excuse me, Yilmaz deserves to keep his place. He's been playing brilliantly. Um, very different, obviously, to Barisic, but what he gives us on that left-hand side, being able to run with the ball, cut inside with it, it's just a massively different option. Um, and I think Butland, Tav, Goldson and Suter pick themselves. The only one sort of is McCausland. Um, I don't think he's done too much wrong. He done all right when he came on on Saturday, and uh, yeah, I think he'll get he'll he'll get the nod outright again just for minutes. Um, after today, we've got Motherwell at the weekend, and then no league game then for a couple of weeks. So I think I think we're gonna. We'll hopefully go for it on Wednesday. Then obviously Desser's up front. I know it's not a case of being dropped these days, but I, I wouldn't be in the habit of dropping a centre-forward who's scoring goals and who had the performance that he did on um, Saturday. And with his goals, I thought he was I thought he was excellent the whole, uh, the whole time he was on the pitch, to be honest. So I think it would be very harsh if he doesn't start. I'd probably say for me, Leon Balligan's a good... Um, swap a straight swap for Suter. I think Balligan's experience could be pretty important in the morning. Does anybody get any thoughts on Tomo's team? I, I, it's not like I can disagree with it. With nothing, everything you've said totally justifies it. But um, you, you're 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 picking your team yourself, and then you look at somebody else's ideas and see their justification. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I should have thought of that. <laughs> I mean, there's a point earlier on about you you making Ross that. Um, Sterling and, and Diomandi, how they kind of cover each other. I mean, that might show out in my team, but I didn't mean it that way because uh, I hadn't thought of that. But I'm going to use that as the reason why I picked them. Cross, <laughs> you getting to see Tomo's team? Um, I think I think you've justified it well, Tomo. I'm just um, just watch Clement tomorrow play Scott Wright and Ryan Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I and thought he brought Ryan Jack in and put Last Sterling time. on the wing. This <laughs> <laughs> is. It's not a question with Big Phil. Right, so Bill, this is your team here. You've got Butlin, Tav, Goldson, Balligan, Yilmaz, Diamandi, Lundstrom, McCausland, Tom Lawrence, Oscar Cortez and Fabio Silva. Yeah, I think the Balligan, again, you've mentioned the experience. I really was thinking rotation because um, he wants to He wants to rotate. He seems to rotate that position. Um, although I do have light suitor. Um, I liked the midfield at the weekend, Diamandi and, and Lundstrom. Uh, they were quite, kept, you know, they were commanding uh, and forward thinking as well. And um, I thought I'd put Sterling in. I've obviously made, I've changed it at the last minute and put McCausland. I, I think I was, I thought Sterling was in there, but um, McCausland just as well for the, his pace. Um, not so much going backwards, which I'm now thinking that's maybe why Sterling would have been a better option. But um, that was my thinking at the time that. For his forward thinking, we need to go out and attack from the beginning, and he would be be good for that. And again, he just seems to swap. Silva seems to play the away. Seems the away game certainly played at St Johnson, uh, so I thought he just probably would start Silva. Anybody any comments? No, I think um, what what this shows us the three teams. Obviously, we've had different players in different different positions, etc. But. I think what it shows us is the strength that we actually have in the squad. You know, we're all picking these teams and any of them could, you know, we could be completely wrong, but 
it shows the depth that we have now, players coming back from injury. And that's that's another massively important um, thing for the running, having the players fit. And any one of those teams, I'd be I'd be happy seeing out on the pitch. You know, um, every player coming in is doing their job. And that's that's all you can ask. Yeah, and if they're not, they'll soon be off. <laughs> yeah, Ross, what's your teammate? Uh, I, w- I would just go with the same team that we we started against Hearts. I think um, there was a clinical nature to us in that first half that we probably just haven't quite seen yet. The sharpness. So for me, I think go with that as well. From a psychological point of view, if they see that we're putting the same team out that we're three 0 up against the third best team in uh, in Scotland, you know, in the first half, it, it's almost a it's it's almost a bit of a psychological boost before the game. So someone put in the uh, I think it was Hugo Bear put in the the comments there. Diamandes used to play on a plastic pitch. Of course, he is at Nordschland. I think that that's what they play on due to the climate out there. So I think he'll be more than comfortable in that area. Uh, and I think we'll see Sterling out on the right again. I think he's going to try and create a little. I'm going to be so wrong here, and you're all going to laugh when one of the team sheet comes out and he's got Ryan Jack in goal. Uh, but no, I think I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a level of consistency given the nature of the games that we've got coming up. I think he's trying different things, getting different players in and they're supplementing it. But for me, if I if I was picking it, I would pick the same team as as uh, as last time. Like Hugo Bell in the comments, I agree with you there, mate. Right, we will touch upon your trivia answer now. So what I'll do is I'll give you all the answers that I've started. You can correct yeah. to it, all right? So yeah, I'll go sure. Stefan Koss, obviously, with Borussia Dortmund. Um, so that would be Champions League, not World Cup. There we go. That's my next question, Naked. So cheers, guys. <laughs> Stefan Givash. Correct. With France. Then we've got Givash, Kanija, Gattuso. One of them's correct. I did think Kanija had won it, but he, he hadn't. So, um, no, I think he probably got to the semi finals. I know he played in the 1990 World Cup, and I think Argentina won it in 86. So I think it was just right. a bit late to the party. But Gattuso, oh. correct. I think that was 2006. Arteta. Arteta, no, no. I don't think he actually played that much for Spain, Arteta, really. No, because he's Xavi and Iniesta. He was playing for Everton at the time. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, another interesting one, Lionel Charbonnier. And Lionel Charbonnier was the third choice French keeper in France 98, so correct. So we got them. Guy Varche, Lionel Charbonnier and Gennaro Gattuso. Well done, Sean Gray. You've Googled it, mate. Well done. You've played yourself. <laughs> Kai's come in, Basil Wally, was he one? <laughs> Basil Wally didn't win it, no. no. I think he maybe won the Champions League, or I think he got to with Marseille. Got through I went it. with Marseille, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that doesn't count, that one. <laughs> no, I know. Still waiting for the replay, aren't we? <laughs> right, lads, predictions for Wednesday. Ross, come to you. Um... Right, see your goodbyes while you're on as well, mate. Yeah, 2 0 to Rangers. Thanks everyone for comments and and getting involved with the trivia. It's great to come on and see loads of people commenting and and chatting. Thanks to those that have messaged on my phone as well. So, really appreciate it, lads. Let's uh, let's look forward to the match. I know Kai's putting on some great stuff this week with a a big uh, guest interview on Thursday. So, really looking forward to seeing that one. Tomo, solid debut, mate. Well done. Cheers, thanks, Scotty. Thanks for uh, I say thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And just echo what Ross said. 
thanks to everyone that's uh, that's tuning in. You know, share it with your friends, like and subscribe. A lot of a lot of hard work goes on behind the scenes, and uh, you boys, you know, we all deserve the views and the likes. Um, coming back to the game, as I say, I don't want to sound too smug, but I did say last week that it wouldn't surprise me if we put four or five past Hearts. Um, I think this will be a tougher test. I'm going to go with a conservative 2-0. 2-0 win, I think. Goal each, goal in each half. Is there a tough penalty in there? I love a tough penalty. Is there a tough penalty in there or no? No, but I, I'm, <laughs> going to, I'm going to have a free kick. He's, he's, he's due enough. one. He's due one. So, yeah, 2-0. 2-0 and then, uh, yeah, another three points in the bag. Tom, what was your prediction, mate? And I'll let you say your goodbyes as well. Do you mean me? Oh, sorry, Bally. <laughs> sorry, mate. No, th- th- great to be on again. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone in the comments. Uh, I've, I've turned them on this week, so I was able to follow along with what everybody was saying. So um, it was really good, and I really enjoyed it again. I predict uh, a 3-0 first half. Very exciting, and then a very boring nothing each second half with it fizzling out, I'm afraid. But a really exciting first half with 3-0 as the final score. Lastly, for me, I'm going to be Mr. Negative and I'm going to say 1-0 Rangers. I think we're going to probably score in the last maybe quarter of the match. We're going to get back down the road to be three points and we're all going to be sitting relieved because I am not the most optimistic guy when it comes to football, especially supporting Rangers. Um, but listen, everybody, thank you for all coming on, boys. It's appreciated. It's been a good pod. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Um, this was brought to you in association with Man on Inverclyde. Again, anybody that's struggling with mental health, look it up and get in touch with the guys. They'll help you. And I'll talk to the league. <laughs>